Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey there, awesome food bloggers. Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. I am so happy to be here today to deliver this amazingly valuable episode that I recorded on Clubhouse on Friday, September 10th, just a couple of days ago. So to kind of preface it a little bit, um, I will tell you about my entire frustrating story with web hosting and domain registrars within the Clubhouse room. Um, but I was going to put a solo episode together on this topic and just realized, you know what? I don't know enough about web hosting and the whole technical backside of that to really deliver the amount of value I wanted to. So I enlisted the help of Jason Logston from Macon Bacon and Bob Clark from Clarky Media. And we had another guest join us, um, within the room to chat about this issue, these issues. So that whole conversation just came together with so much more value than anything that I could have delivered just from me to you. So that is the reason I put this clubhouse room together. I purposefully did it knowing I was going to record and publish here on eBlog Talk. So I really hope that you can find value from this. Um, We are just diving into the importance of choosing a reputable web host and domain registrar. So enjoy the episode. And I will take this opportunity to remind you to go over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review eBlog Talk. So grateful for that. Thank you so much. And here is our awesome Clubhouse conversation. Well, thanks for joining me today and us, everyone. I think today's going to be a little bit different because we have a focus topic we would love to talk about And I am going to be turning this into a podcast episode that I believe will be going live on Monday, this next Monday. Um, So I guess, do you guys want to just give quick intros to yourself quick before we get started? I will let any one of you dive in. First of all, I just want to make sure I'm meant to be on stage. (laughs) I just tapped when I saw it was recording. (laughs) It was like, oh, pop over. And then I'm like, oh, I'm on stage. Well, I don't know how that happened, but you I love that you're on stage. So if you're okay being on stage, Chelsea, stay on stage and join us. That would be amazing. Awesome. Okay. Well, I just wanted to clarify there. So uh, in that case, I am Chelsea. Um, I am a food blogger at the blog A Duck's Oven. You can find me on Instagram at A Duck's Oven as well. Like Jason, I love sous vide and I just self-published my second cookbook and it's called Sous Vide Meal Prep. So excited for you that your pu- your cookbook is published. I know you worked so hard on that. So nice work, Chelsea. Jason, go ahead and give an intro. Hey there, I'm Jason Logston. I run Amazing Food Made Easy, which is all about sous vide and modern cooking, mainly for home cooks. And I also run Making Bacon, which is to help food bloggers move their blogs forward. And I'll definitely give a, a shout out to Chelsea's cookbook. Uh, she sent me a copy of it, and I had seen it in electronic form before. It's a it's a great cookbook, and it's definitely I love the the style and the design of it. So it's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in uh, using sous vide for food prep. 
Awesome. Bob, how about you? Do you want to give a quick intro? Sure. Thanks, Megan. Hey, my name is Bob. Um, I'm a food blogger. I have a couple of them and I got some other blogs. I build niche websites. I'm a bit of an SEO nerd. So Clarky Media, I help uh, bloggers with their SEO. But uh, thanks, Megan. Love being here. Thank you. Um, Okay, so as I mentioned a little bit earlier, today's going to be a little bit different. Usually these rooms are meant to be more just kind of a potpourri of things that we're going that are going on in the food blogging world. But I had an experience this week that was um, just very frustrating. So I really wanted to give it some attention, this topic some attention, and that is just making sure that you have a reputable web host and not just a web host but a domain registrar, which I didn't even realize that mine were separate until this week um, and learned the very, very hard way. So I just wanted to give this some attention. If Jason and Bob, you guys want to contribute, Chelsea too, if you have insights on this um, in a little bit. But first, I just wanted to kind of explain what happened to me and my site this week and to give it some focus. So a little backstory, I guess, is important. So when I started blogging like 11 years ago, I like back then, nobody knew, I feel like, what a web host was. I literally just Googled web host for food blog and signed up with whatever, the first site that I came across, which happened to be Just Host, which is a sister company to Bluehost. So I went with them and I had them as my web host for many years. Um, About three or four years ago, I think, there was some issue with them trying to renew my billing. So they had tried to contact me and for some reason I wasn't getting their emails. So the billing, like my, um, my account there lapsed because of the billing issue and my account was deleted. So I was freaking out. I was up all night. And I remember the exact amount of hours that my site was down. It was 16 hours. I was so frazzled. I remember not sleeping. I was on the phone with multiple people. Nobody was really understanding what happened or how they could help me. It was insanely frustrating. So in the end, it's kind of funny because the person who actually ended up helping me solve my problem was my husband's technical person at his company. And I I was just so desperate. I was like, please ask Jeremy if he can look in my account and just tell me what's going on. He went into my account. There was something with like an IP address. I mean, it was like a super simple fix. He fixed it and all was well. So in the end, they didn't even actually help me resolve my issue. So after that, I kind of let it go. I knew I should change, but I didn't. And then about Two years later, I had a similar issue and I was like, okay, done. So I switched my web hosting to Big Scoots, which is a, as you guys know, a super reputable company within the food blogging space. A lot of food blogs use Big Scoots and was super happy. And I, at the time, here's one of my messages today. At the time when I switched my hosting over, I did not realize that my domain was still housed inside of Just Hosts system. Now, fast forward to today or this week, um, I got another email from this time from Big Scoot saying, hey, Megan, it looks like your domain has expired. Can you please contact your domain registrar to let them know they need to reactivate your account? And I was like, what? My domain registrar? Okay, seriously, like I didn't even know 
that I was still with just host on the domain registrar side. So I contacted them, said, here's the issue. I need this reactivated ASAP. It was 48 hours, you guys, before I got my blog back. So my blog was down for 48 hours this week. I talked to 10 different people. I counted in my phone log, 10. Nobody helped me. Like it was the most frustrating thing. So I literally would go like talk to someone for 20 minutes to 30 minutes, go through my whole story. They gave me a, like each person gave me a completely different piece of advice. And like, there were some people that were like, oh, everything looks great. Your site is up and running. And I was like, no, it's not. It is not up and running. And then the next person would say, oh, you need to change your name servers. Okay, great. Let's do that. And then the next person would tell me something different. I mean, it was so insanely frustrating. So I would hang up from person X and I would literally just call right back and get back on the phone with somebody else and tell my story all over again. Like, it was crazy. So then I was also communicating with Big Scoots and they're telling me, you just need to tell them this. This is what they need to do. It's very clear. And every time I said that, it was like nobody was understanding. Nothing was getting resolved. And so finally, in the end, what I ended up doing was just having my my domain transferred to Big Scoots, which um, kind of added time to that traffic loss and revenue loss, but it was so worth it. So now everything is with Big Scoots, thank God. But I wanted to deliver this message. I think it's really important for you guys to know. If you don't know, even if you change web hosts, your domain still could reside elsewhere. And to just make sure that where it does reside is a place of reputation um, with good customer service, somebody who's going to take care of you and actually listen to you and help you solve your problems. Okay, so there's my story. I will let Bob, Jason, or Chelsea chime in. I don't know if you guys have had issues with web hosts or if you have other things to contribute, but you guys can go for it. I think it's, to me, there's, as bloggers, especially when we get started, a lot of times it's a hobby, and so we go with inexpensive and we're always trying to save money you know which isn't a bad thing uh, overpaying is never is never good but as this becomes more and more of a business i think it's important to look at the infrastructure that you have and you know none of that stuff is things that we you know most of us at least uh, care about or are interested in like that's not why we became food bloggers is to understand the domain registration system or anything right but sometimes you know you might pay I don't know, five times more with Big Scoots than you would with something like Bluehost. But when things go wrong, like they're the ones that are going to get you out of it. You're not always paying for just traffic. You're also paying for peace of mind. You're paying for back-end support. You're paying for when things go wrong that a company will have your back. And I think it's just important to look at that across a lot of different things. I say the same thing with uh, when it comes to sous vide, when people ask me what what machines are better and like, is it really worth, you know, a hundred dollars for an Innova or 600 for a polyscience versus going to Walmart and buying a knockoff brand there for like 25 bucks. Like you can sometimes. And as I say, like if things are going right, that $25 machine is going to be probably just as good as the $100 or $200 machine. But when things don't go <laughs> don't go right, then those other brands are going to be better because they're brands that care about customer service. They're brands that, like, I know people there. And, like, when my polyscience had issues, I emailed Dave Transic, who's their head chef there. And while not everyone can just, like, email him, 
he's in my Facebook group. And so the 41,000 people that are in my Exploring Sous Vide Facebook group can all tag him in that group directly and he's going to respond to them. So when it comes to when things don't go right, having someone that has your back and is going to do not just, that actually cares about you and your system is worth a little, a little bit of extra money along the way, in my opinion. Yes, very, very well said. And so important to point out because Big Scoots does come with a high price. I mean, when you when I first saw their pricing, I was like, what? I'm not paying that. But then now, like having gone through Strife, absolutely, I have no problem paying that amount of money because of this, because they have great service. They actually care when my site is down. They are like, okay, let's get this. Back. They were the ones that emailed me. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Bob, what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I'd have to say like, Megan, I'm sorry you went through that. Like 48 hours of no Mediavine, that's going to be tough or wherever uh, ad network you have. So that's kind of rough. One thing I want to throw out there with food bloggers is um, like I do audits for food bloggers and I'll be in there. And I go into their WordPress and it was like, and they have all these people that have access to their, to their WordPress. And I'm like, who, you know, who are these people? Well, I let someone in for this to fix this. And I see big scoots in there all the time. And you know, just something to throw out there as a food blogger, you really got to be, you know, I understand like a lot of times the technical part, you know, bloggers don't understand it. So they're like, yeah, just go fix it. But I can tell you like, you know, sometimes they get in there and, and they don't fix the right things or they do the wrong things. And then we give them access to our admin and, you know, they should be removed from there. And, you know, sometimes there's bad actors. I'm not saying that's with every company. Um, I've had a good experience with Big Scoots. I actually had a migration that went kind of messed up between SiteGround and Big Scoots. And, um, you know, it was back and forth, but I wouldn't allow them access because I really don't want them in there because I I like to know what's being changed. But anyway, I went through a long time and actually (laughs) I'm like, I need to talk to somebody, you know, somebody. And I don't even know if the owner of your company knows what's going on here. And then ended up, he was on the phone with me. He's like, actually, I'm the owner. So it was really cool. He was, you know, he ended up being a real good guy. He actually gave me like a few months of um, hosting with Big Scoots after that migration. But anyway, the point of my story is like things can get messed up. You really should know um, who is your register, who is your host. And I actually suggest, you know, the domain holder should be separate than your host, but I'm not saying, you know, Big Scoots is a bad company. That's not what I'm saying, but I think it's good to be separated. And, and um, you know, people should also like have a backup guy, like have the guy that you know that, hey, if you had to pay him a few bucks, he could go in and say he could go in and fix it. Right. Get a reputation or uh, get a, uh, I mean, a relationship with somebody that knows those things. So you're not trying to scramble at the last minute, trying to figure out who is the guy. And, you know, if you had five or 10 people in there, they can really mess things up. Oh, and one other thing I'd say is make sure you back up your WordPress and all your blog posts whenever you're doing anything with anybody. Like you can actually, as a blogger, just go in there and download a file of all your posts because that's our, that's our gravy, right? All our recipe posts and posts and put them on your computer and at least have them there and then put them in the cloud too like on drive or something. So during the whole nightmare, if something really bad happened, at the very least, you would have all your content. Okay, two questions for you, Bob. First of all, how often do you recommend backing up your WordPress content? And number two, why do you recommend having a separate web host and domain registrar? 
for the simple point, like say something really bad happened with Big Scoots, right? I could go use another host because my domain somewhere else. It's not um, tied into the Big Scoots. So if they had a problem with everything, I can't just get my domain out of there. Um, so that's kind of the reason. And, you know, there's a ton of reputable companies out there like Namecheap, I think is probably the best to, to hold your domain. So that's why I kind of keep them separate. And backing up your content, this should just be like, you know, like Big Scoots, I know they back, you know, I, I, I guess I couldn't say for every plan. Their shared hosting is a really good rate, like five bucks or something like that. But their managed hosting, I think it's like 35. My sites that are on there, um, I think it's backed up with two different, they back them up in two different locations. And then you can actually back it up in app, uh, uh, a very common plugin for bloggers or bloggers is called Updraft Plus inside your WordPress. And then you can back that up to your or drive. So now it's in like three, three spots. But also when anything weird or migration or anything else goes down, I just grab all my content. So not the whole site, just the content, which is all the blog posts. And you can dial, you can just pull them right off um, out of your WordPress and put them on your computer just to make sure you have your uh, content. And then it's always a good idea, like, you know, maybe monthly or depending on how much content you have, you know, you can download that, put it somewhere, and then delete the old one and just kind of keep that on your own uh, computer or drive or something like that. That's awesome. Thank you, Bob. Um, I have a question about companies like um, NerdPress who manage kind of the background technical side of WordPress blogs. Do they do stuff like that? Do they do regular backups? Do you guys know? My understanding is that they do. I haven't, uh, I haven't used NerdPress, but I've talked to Andrew a few times, and it's my understanding that they do regular backups. That they're they're there to make sure, you know, one that your site's up to date, but then also to make sure that your site can be recovered if something goes wrong, pretty much at any time. Um, don't quote me on that, but that's kind of my understanding of a lot of their services. And Foodie Digital does that for me. Um, they back everything up and they make sure that like all of that's good to go. They actually helped. I just transferred hosts and they helped me with that entire process. Cool. Thank you. Hey, Justin, how are you today? What's going on? Hey, good. How are you? Um, I was just going to um, actually Bob said kind of what I was going to say about having a separate domain registrar than your host. Um, I used to like build websites and everything and like so many times people that clients that would have their host and then something happens with the host and you have like no control over your website and even if you have a backup like you couldn't you know point your domain name to a new server um so personally i use google domains it's 12 dollars a year um kind of just like a flat fee with everything but it's like a really great interface it's linked to your google account so you can easily access all the settings and then you can just um you know point that to your web host but having those separate just is as a safety for um if something happens and it just gives you that control um which is really nice and then also with backups it's super important to like test to make sure your backup actually works because i've had a backup before and i'm like okay something happened i need to revert to that and then it didn't actually execute or work so like actually making sure you know how to to um, come get the backup back online um, and then all the different kind of, Bob went through them all, but all the different backup sources, so like your host should back up and then use like updraft plus that goes to the cloud. And then even using something like duplicator 
plugin, which you can just download an entire site back up. I'll do that every month just to have locally um, in case something does happen because when you don't have your backup, that's usually when something happens. So that's all that I was going to say about that. So good info. Hey, that's awesome, Justin. So I have a question about Google domains. I have not heard of that. $12 a year. That's great. Um, what kind of support or is this where the having a guy comes in, <laughs> having the tech guy to kind of manage that sort of thing? I mean, you know how Google is, unless you're on some like enterprise plan, they don't really have support. So it's not really for your website. It's more just like that's where you register your domain or you can you know easily transfer them in. I think some of the other ones like name cheap are cheap initially and then like they go up. At least that's what GoDaddy did. So I just like $12 a year is not not bad, but it's I've never really needed support with the actual domains. They have all the settings in there help documents and then it's usually you know your web host if you ever had to change those settings or if you're adding like mailgun or one of those external mail services you, they say what settings to add but there's not really any support but i've never personally had a need for domain name support it's like a really nice interface that you're able to like update the settings and all the different records they're called the records like the a records and the i don't even know what they all are but um, so yeah, there's not really support there, but I don't know if any domain registrar offers much support. I will actually, oh, I, I was going to say, I was going to challenge that a little bit because that was kind of the point of my whole story earlier that I, I did need support. I am not a technical person and I just needed somebody to tell me like wh what the heck to do. Is there something wrong with an IP address? I had no idea. And I, I mean, 48 hours of downtime because of my domain registrar. So maybe this is where it just gets really important that you have somebody, even if it's not with the domain registrar, who can help with this because I was definitely lost. For sure. Sorry, I didn't mean you don't need any support. It just like, I feel like it should be, I don't know why the web host wasn't able to help you, but, and you were on you were on uh, Big Scoots already, or you were like, now you are? Yeah, my web host has been Big Scoots for the past almost two years. So, yes, I was with them already. I feel like, in general, too, like, like well, it's really good to have so, someone on. Like, like, you should have a doctor before you get sick, right? It makes things a lot easier if you already have a doctor. And I think it's the same thing for having a tech person. But I do think, like, Megan, your experience is a little unique for a domain registrar that most of them aren't going to just like completely F over their customers by deleting the account and removing everything. Like if your domain expires on Google domains or GoDaddy or Namecheap, like they don't just like delete all your information and say you're SOL. They make it pretty easy to restore and stuff. So I could see that, that being kind of a, a unique rabbit hole due to using a company that tends not to care about their, their customers in any way whatsoever. Definitely. I, on person, like eight of 10, I think it was, they confessed that when something expires with the billing, that there is like a reset in the system or something like that, where like all of the IP addresses get reset and the name servers. And I was like, what? Why? Well, can't you just restore that? I mean, I got the runaround. It was it was crazy. Knowing that your content or your settings even aren't going anywhere. And I just wanted to touch on this too, because I actually Googled my previous domain registrar, Just Host, 
and just to see what it said, kind of like what came up about them. And one of their top results was that they are known for having 24-7 support. And that's kind of how they get, I think, a lot of business because they're like, oh, we're, we're here around the clock. But I'm like, okay, you're there around the clock, but you're super unhelpful and at times extremely rude. Like they were so condescending overall. I did get maybe two of the 10 people who were actually trying to be helpful, but most of the people I talked to were incredibly rude. So yeah, 24-7 support doesn't mean that you're getting quality care or quality support. Just wanted to point that out too. And Jason, you had some stuff to contribute about just like um, affiliates and how some companies use like affiliate payouts to kind of keep running. Yeah, I think it's something um, that I wanted to talk about when you told me what the subject was that I think Bluehost is kind of known for this, that a lot of bloggers use them because a lot of bloggers have recommended them. And one of the main reasons for that was because they had a really, really good affiliate program. And whether or not they were good 15 years ago when they first started it and had the affiliate program, I think a lot of people agree that like they haven't they haven't aged well or handled the influx of traffic well, but because of the affiliates, a lot of people still sign up. And I think it's something to keep in mind just from two, two aspects. One is whenever you read reviews and stuff, you know, keep in mind what the motivation of the person doing the review is. Um, and this doesn't mean they're like only bad people doing it. Like I'm a huge fan of Pat Flynn, you know, and I th- respect a lot of what he does, but he recommended them for five or six years. And even after I had heard really bad things about the company in general, and they were one of his top money makers. And I don't think he was doing it maliciously or even probably was giving it much thought. Um, but it's things like that that think about why are people reviewing things the way that they are and try to see if you can get comments from actually users that aren't getting anything out of it. And from the flip side, remember that as food bloggers, we often write, you know, have affiliate links. We write reviews about things and keep in mind some of these experiences of how are you going to feel if one of your fans buys something from a company that you're only promoting because they have good payouts? Like, they're going to be disappointed. And I think that's something that we can run into trouble with when we start going down the affiliate route. There's nothing wrong with affiliates, but I think picking and choosing ones that you really believe in is key to having success there and to feeling good about promoting products. Like I always try to keep in mind, like if my mother-in-law sent me an email and said, Hey, I want to buy X, what brand do you recommend? what would I reply to her? Like when I have to look at her across the table at Thanksgiving dinner, like if I'm not going to be willing to recommend something to her, then I probably shouldn't be recommending it to the people on my site. So it's just uh, two sides of that coin. I think it's good for us to keep in mind um, as bloggers. Yeah, that is a great reminder and just another reason to be authentic. I think this message of authenticity is has grown so much in our space and just in the entrepreneurial space in general. But that's why, because when we're not authentic about what we're backing and promoting, then it, sh- it shows. I remember when Bluehost, I don't know, this was probably five or six years ago, they were reaching out to bloggers, food bloggers. And doing that exact thing, like, hey, do you want to be an affiliate? You earn a lot of commission. I don't remember what it was. People who didn't even use Bluehost were writing up reviews on them. And I I don't know. It's just that just kind of insincere, not genuine thing. So I think that's a really great point to bring up, Jason. So thank you. Yeah. Could I touch on that? Yes. Go for it. Yeah. The um, 
I don't know how good my audio is too. I'm in my truck, but personally, like my whole journey, anybody recommends Bluehost, then I already understand like maybe I shouldn't consume their content, promote them. That's just a personal thing because I just know, I mean, the affiliate is like really good. Like the payout for Bluehost is crazy. Like you just make it as long as they're with that domain. Um, as long as you're with Bluehost, you're making money. And it's an incredible affiliate program. But I just, the way I look at it, anybody that's in the game that refers them out, I was just like, you know, I'm not even going to consume their content anymore. And there's a lot of big names that do it. So, like, all the things that I, you know, on Clark Media that I, I recommend, they're all the things that I use. And I would never put Bluehost on there as my um, affiliate for hosting because... It's just a horrible experience. Same as GoDaddy for hosting. Um, even I, I don't even think they're good for domain names. But yeah, it, it's kind of nice because after a while, and you've been in the game a while, I can start to understand like who's motivated, which way, and who who kind of you know has the values like Jason's talking about. And it really helps you understand who to get your recommendations from. But I just want to share that. We've named a few reputable web hosts. Do you guys have other ones that we can just kind of throw out there because people will be listening to this as a podcast episode? So Big Scoots is great in my experience, and I know a lot of other bloggers are really happy with them. What else do you guys have for places that are reputable and they have good service and quality hosting? I think you nailed it too on customer service. That's a big one. So the only other one I'd recommend is SiteGround. Their customer service is really good. You can get on a chat with somebody really fast. I had, I think Bluehost supposedly got better, but I had a domain stuck on there and it was like, you'd spend an hour trying to get to talk to somebody and it was just horrible. Yeah, so I recommend um, SiteGround. The only problem with SiteGround is like you go down that like the Go Geek plan and then after a year you get, the price gets really jacked up. <laughs> so you got to kind of like negotiate with them every year. Uh, but the customer service was really good. But I can't recommend Big Scoots enough. I mean, you're speaking to someone that speaks really good English when you, you deal with customer service. They're right there. And the whole game changer of being able to put your site on a staging site with a push of a button so you can update all your plugins, make sure everything's running nice and smooth before you push it over. It's just that's really slick with um, Big Scoots. So those are the only two I recommend at the moment. I had to send an email of apology to Big Scoots because I bothered them so much this week. I felt terrible, but they were so nice and they're so responsive. And yeah, I I second all of that, Bob. Jason and Justin, do you guys have anything to add to the list? Well, I'm not on WordPress, so I'm in a uh, kind of different uh, ecosystem of, of hosts and stuff. But I, uh, I've used Engine Yard for the last eight years, probably for my uh, Rails hosting, and I highly recommend them. They again, good customer service. When stuff breaks, they fix it. And when I break stuff on accident, they help me fix it. <laughs> Instead of just telling me you did something wrong, you're an idiot. Um, so I always appreciate that. And then I also used uh, Linode for a long time, and they were uh, very good for hosting. So probably doesn't apply to most people on the call, but uh, I'd like to give company shout outs that uh, have done a good job for me over the last decade. I also recommend Big Scoots. That's who I switched to from WP Engine, who I really used to like. They were super fast, and then they start getting very expensive as your traffic grows, um, so they're better for 
enterprise, but they also started acquiring a bunch of companies and it just kind of went downhill for me at least. So switching to big scoots, improved speed slightly and just their customer service has been so awesome. Like you email and you, you hear back with like a good answer and, or they go in and just fix stuff for you that it's, uh, it's been a really good experience. So that's who, who I go with. I don't, I have other friends who are with other companies, but they always are having like a little something that they don't love. So, so far I just hope they, they stay great because I know as you, as companies grow, they can, uh, scale and hopefully they can scale um, and keep up the great customer service. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Justin. I would love to invite anyone in the audience who either has something to contribute to this conversation or maybe you've had a good or bad experience that you want to share that you think would help food bloggers kind of navigate their way through hosting and registrars and all of that. So if anyone wants to come up and share or ask questions. We have some technical people up here. Bob is particularly, I'm not, don't ask me the question, (laughs) but maybe someone up here can help you. And then I just noticed that I spelled foos blogging combos. That's awesome. Okay. I was going to change it yesterday, but I was like, I shouldn't change it. It's her wrong. I was going to change it. Oh, thank you. I literally didn't even notice until like 10 seconds ago. That's super funny. It just adds to the character of the room, right? (laughs) Uh, what else do you guys have as far as web hosting? I would love to stay on this topic if we could and just really milk it and provide um, information that is going to help food bloggers, especially if they're just kind of getting started or if they're like me and they have no idea that a domain could be housed separately from you know their web. I did not know that. So anything else you guys have? Yeah, I think something that uh, is worth kind of reiterating that uh, Justin touched on, that when he moved to Big Scoots, that it sped up a little bit. And I think that's important to remember that not all hosts, especially these days, are the same. That as Google moves more into site speed matters and the core web vitals, like having a host that will deliver your content as quickly as possible is more and more important. So even removing the customer service and the ease of use and some of those aspects, having someone like Big Scoots that does serve pages faster than other um, other hosts is a very important consideration to keep in mind, and that can be worth some, of, some extra money a month uh, just right there. Yeah, related to the, the speed, um, recently, I don't know if probably some of you use WP Rocket. Um, when I was on my old, well, I, I recently um, kind of redid my WordPress theme to try to get faster because I was on an old bloated theme that had way too much in it. And so I've kind of migrated to it to kind of get faster with the Core Web Vitals score. And it's definitely improved a lot. And then WP Rocket, which is a caching plugin, it's a premium caching plugin, but it's it's pretty cheap. It's like forty dollars a year. I would definitely recommend it. They have been changing their settings like every month. It seems like they're they're trying to make give you the the tools to make your site fast with what Google is looking for for their their page speed. And I've been messing around with that a lot. I've been kind of actually with tech support from WP Rocket because I was having an issue and they helped me out. They were great support, but I mean, I went from being in like the sixties in my score to on for mobile. And now it's like in the nineties, a lot of the time, just by changing some of these settings and it's very confusing. So that's where having your kind of tech person to help you out and actually go through and like tweak those settings. It's like delaying JavaScript and all these different 
very technical things, but it makes a huge difference in your in your score. So that combined with your like a quality web host that can serve it up fast can make a really big difference, and and that's super important now that Core Web Vitals is all uh, rolled out. I like to throw out there, Megan, like you know, keeping on the hosting side, like you get what you pay for, right? So like if a food blogger has got to the point where they're on Mediavine and they're making a couple grand a month. I mean, you really should invest in getting some decent hosting. And, you know, one one thing that people don't think about, like, when they're doing shared hosting, you know, this is like touch and go in SEO, right? Some SEOs say, no, it doesn't affect it. Some say it does. But you don't know who you're sharing that server with. So it's shared hosting. Like, you don't know if there's 30 other casino sites or pornography sites on that server. Some say it can affect your SEO. Some say it can't, but what I'm trying to get at is, you know, once you start moving up and spending a little more, a little more money on your hosting, you really do get what you pay for, and that's why as soon as I can get off shared hosting, I highly recommend it. I've tried to figure out if it really affects my traffic or not, but there's just too many variables to be able to test it to understand. Like, it did make a difference being on the shared host, and you don't know who's on it, so I couldn't really. Um, pinpoint and say it was because I was shared hosting on a certain host. But that's something to think about. Um, You really don't know who is on that server. All great points. Thank you guys so much. See, I was thinking of putting a solo episode together about this for Monday, and I was like, I don't know enough about this topic to really talk on it, aside from just telling my very frustrating story. Um, So I really appreciate all of this. I just wanted to say, too, that one lesson I learned from this week has nothing to do with the technical side, but it was all about just like surrender. Oh, when our sites are down, it's so hard because that's like traffic and revenue. And especially it was on a holiday, Labor Day, which isn't like huge for me, but still I usually get a little bit more traffic on holidays. It was really hard and I just got to this point, I don't know, it was probably 24 hours in where I was like, you know what? This is not the end of the world. It is going to get fixed. I have to let this go and not lose any more sleep. I mean, it was like, it was so hard to do that. But I just wanted to mention that too, that we all get to these points in our journey with food blogging, whether it's something like this or with a Google algorithm change or whatever it is where we just have to kind of let it go and stop clinging and like wanting to strangle people's necks. So just wanted to mention that too. No, I just throw it out there, Megan. You send me your domain, like send me a message of your domain. And I got some tools. I can check some things for you on the outside just to see if um, everything played nice and went smooth. Oh, you're amazing. Yes, I will definitely do that. Well, is any, does anyone have anything else before we say goodbye? I think we can end early or if there's more value to add, I'd be happy to let you guys come up or those of you on stage. And then Justin, I just wanted to make sure that you're okay with me publishing this as an episode on eBlog Talk. I've already run it by Bob and Jason. So just making sure. Yep, of course. Totally fine. Thank you, Justin. I really appreciate you coming up and adding just everything you had As I said, I am not a technical person. So awesome stuff today. Thank you for being here. If you guys are good, then we can say goodbye and we'll see you next Friday. Great catching up with all y'all. Good to see you, Jason, Megan. Nice to meet you, Justin. Nice to meet you too. Have a great weekend.
Talk to you in 10 minutes, Justin. <laughs> Bye. See ya. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. Thank you.